You're listening to the dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American history wait, 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 podcast wait, for each wait, week. Wait, 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 buddy. We wait. do the same thing every week. Wait, this is like our standard. Wait, wait, shut up, shut up, shut up, you babbling sack. Be quiet. That's what my mom called. Be me. quiet, Dave. Dave, I just. I think it's actually this week. This week, you're listening to the Pollard on the All Things Comedy Network. That's not a name. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast where sometimes I, man in shoes, guy with nails at the end of his fingers and toes. That's true. Person excited for push-ups. Gareth Reynolds reads a story from American history to my grandpa. I am, yes, your grandfather, David Anthony Reynolds. Mm -hmm. We have been family for as long as I can remember. That's right, Papa. You came from my loins. Thank you, Poppy. And a lot of it got on the couch. Did you say your part yet? Uh, a story I've never heard or whatever. Good stuff, bud. It's like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. You know what? Sometimes Grandpa doesn't remember things. Yeah. No, I've noticed. And I don't know a what we're doing. A lot of lapses. I don't know what we're doing. Yep. So I'm going to read you a story. Okay. And you're going to sit there and you're going to like it. Okay? I mean, I've already heard some of it. Well, here we go again. <laughs> Called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not gonna become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like Anarchy! On a five part coefficient. <laughs> Come on, now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo! No sleep tell hippo! Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. in the court. The dollop is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Squarespace, of course, domains, websites, online stores, marketing tools, analytics, all in one. They got the whole ball of wax. Uh, I have been using Squarespace forever, uh, before the horse and buggy even. I first started using Squarespace, what, ten more than 10 years ago, probably ages ago, I was looking for a simple way to have a website. Not don't have to up. I don't want to update stuff. I don't want to have to deal with all the nonsense. Just have it all done for me, and then I go and I I, I plug in stuff and I enter my information and I I do the stuff I want to do. I, not the tech stuff. I don't want to get involved in the nonsense. And that's what Squarespace is. And Squarespace also looks great. Great templates. That is why I first chose Squarespace, because I went and I looked at the templates, and I was like, ah, these actually look really, really good. Um, Gareth also has his website with Squarespace, and then, of course, we have the dollop uh, sources with Squarespace, and we have the dolloppodcast.com with Squarespace, where you can get all your tour information, and we now have swear some swear-free episodes. So if you want to listen with the kids, we have some uh, no-cursing episodes up on... The dollop which is hosted by Squarespace, as I said. 
So here's what you're going to do. You are going to go to squarespace.com slash dollop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code dollop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, Dave. Um, Should we mention we're on tour? Yes, we are going to be on tour Starting uh, July 26th in San Jose, then we go to San Francisco, Sacramento, Boise, Salt Lake, Boulder, Denver, Las Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego. We're adding shows in Salt Lake and Denver. We're doubling up. Yep. So if you want to go to the... Remember, those are the exact same script for the... Oh, wait. No, it's not. It's different scripts. We do a different show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and One's then, a musical. And then later in the year, we'll be in other cities that are currently covered by boxes. We'll be in uh, Bloomington, Chicago, Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, somewhere and else. St. Paul? Sure. I think it's that. Something like that. Yes, so it's Midwest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go to dollarpodcast.com for all those. I'll be uh, go doing a bunch of shows. Uh, you can go to garethrones.com, West uh, East Coast run um, for that. And. Um, and I guess away we go. You strapped in? I won't be going anywhere. You got you strapped on? I'm legally restricted from going. You ready? You strapped on? You strapped in? Oh, I'm strapped. You ready to go? Ready to go. All right. You okay? I'm your dad. See, you're my grandpa. Here we go, Dave. Five, four, four three, three two, two, two. December 18th, 1928. I'm out. I whisper at my own. Right before the great the great D, the big do. That's right. Yeah, that is actually. I didn't even think about that. God, what a time. Mm. <laughs> Let's beat it. Uh, Roscoe Monroe Merrick. Not a great name. Was born in Dodge City, Kansas. Mm-hmm. His mother was a widow named Rue Merrick or Rui Merrick. Sure. R-U-I-E. You can go with either. Rue Merrick, I think. Um, his father had been killed in an airplane crash only one month before Roscoe was born. Had it coming. A lot like your dad. Yep. What happened with you and your papa. Exactly. Yep, passed away. Uh, after his father's death, Rue and young Roscoe moved in with her grandfather at 909 West Trail Street, just across the street from the main line of the cross-country Santa Fe Railroad, just in case you wanted the whole I did address. want to know what the train situation was for the so boy. So there's a train close. That's the address. Yep. So he's affected um, by trains. As we all were, uh, A lot of he'll go insane because of the trains. You know, my father ran a wooden train company when I, I was a child. I don't believe you. Okay. Your son. Um, in his early years, Roscoe was raised by his grandparents and an African-American nanny. Quote, I grew up with a black nanny, and she had the patience of God. She was just outstanding, and I always thought highly of her and her family. I thought, boy, what a great people. Ah, Well, that's a weird way to put it, but yes. It's one of those things where it's, at the time, a super nice Mm -hmm. sentiment, Mm -hmm. but never never comfortable with the language. Yeah, well, when you're saying you people or whatever, you've uh, you've gone off off But he's But he means it in the best way possible, but yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, when Roscoe was four, his mother married a professional baker named Virgil Brumbaugh. Um, Brumbaugh's, Brumbaugh's baguettes. Yep, sure. Well, however you want to put it. Um, I'm getting heavy if my dad has... I was hoping there was not going to be any more. If my if my pa, my new pa has mm-hmm. a bakery, I'm a big kid. You're a pastry I'm boy. I'm a big boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pastry boy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, um, that... Cram- cramming baguettes and everything mm-hmm. all the time, all the holes, hmm. every... 
Every hole full of baguette. Sure. Let's uh, let's just let's move. They call me Baguette Boy. Sure. And people are amazed because I can eat it from all sides. Okay. I wasn't allowed in the bakery. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure while, eating baguettes when from I hit all seven, sides. They didn't allow me in because I was scaring the customers. Yeah. Away. Why, is, why is that guy getting spit fired by bread? Um. So as a teenager, Roscoe spent a lot of time working in Virgil's bakery with his fully integrated workforce. Through his relationships with his co-workers, Roscoe became aware of America's brutal system of racial discrimination and simply couldn't understand why his friends were treated differently based on the color of their skin. Same. Yep. Sure. Yeah. It's nice when you have that moment where you realize, God, it's just horrendous. What a terrible place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he has that. And, um, okay. So a born pugilist as a young man, Roscoe's grandfather, a horse trader and a bare knuckled fighter. Well, those two always went together. Yeah. Well, this is a guy who he would fight the horses. Yeah. Well, He's a horse you, fighter. that's why you traded for a horse. Cause you beaten up the last one so much. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I, I, uh, by the way, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so so he, his grandfather uh, taught him how to box, mm-hmm. and uh, Roscoe excelled in amateur wrestling at East High School in Wichita, Kansas. Nah, I don't care for it. Interesting. High school and wrestling is weird, and I don't think people should do it. Hmm. I think, this is my take, I think they should be allowed to come up with characters. That's like fair. real wrestling, that's totally. I fair. think I think they it should be, be able to better. come up with you yeah. know. It would be much better. Yeah, there's think, a guy there. It's a little like it's just you can't go from the wrestling you're used to seeing now to that. Yeah, you should let them be like you know like I'm King Derek or whatever you know. Okay, and I don't then, know if King Derek's a good one, but no, yeah, King yeah, Derek's yeah, yeah. a pretty good one. You no, know, it's like weird. King yeah. Derek's not great. Yeah, the Royal Dan. <laughs> Again, like stuff like that. I don't know why we're doing monarchy wrestlers. No, it's, no, no. I mean, just, you know, but like uh, Marshmallow uh, Tommy. Like, let's 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 come up with a real I mean, one. That, I mean, and he I'm, comes out and he's all covered in marshmallows. You try to get him. <laughs> Good luck. Oh no. Yeah, I'm not wrestling a guy covered in liquid yes, shell. Yes, you are. We're Jenkins High School. I'm a king. Okay, I'm well, King Derek. You're also third string on the. Is there a string? I'm third king. Mm. Mm, light, I feel about I'm a light heavyweight. Um, okay, so anyway, we're not doing the Marshmallow Kid. Um, so after graduating, Roscoe joined the Navy at the age of 17, and he was assigned to the USS Nereus on the Pacific for Operation Road's End, where his job was stripping 39 captured Japanese Navy submarines of their armaments and then towing them to sea and blowing them up. Well, so best, they would best job? de-torpedo a ship and then explode it, yeah. which is my next point. Yes, as far as a Navy job goes... Why didn't is there a better me, one? Why didn't they tell me about that in high school that you could? That's do that? the job. If you because these recruitment, these like recruitment guys are obviously yeah. they're just a lot of times it's like the financial squeeze. There, yeah. There's a lot of conning going on. Yeah. You should just mention that this is an option. Yeah, some guys uh, take everything out of a sub and then blow it up, and I'm like, where yeah. do I sign? Yeah, and you're like, I don't know what job you get. You Can know, I you play? might be uh, boots on the ground in yeah. uh, Kabul, and uh, that could be tough. Or sometimes people go and uh, they de-torpedo ships and explode I'm them. In? Yes. I'm, I would be I'm much more put into it. People on it, some people. Huh? I can think of. No, no, no. There's no people on them. Some comedians. No, 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 no. We're not going to turn this into a personal grudge match. Yeah, we're not going to do that. It is. Although I think I have a good idea of who you'd be putting on after <laughs> uh, watching what happened on Twitter the last couple of days. 
where you uh, psycho you have had a new beef or an old beef. I don't think I have the beef. I think you do. I think that's a one way beef. No, there's no such thing as a one way beef. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, be- best job ever, right? So they would they would basically they would blow the ship up and then they would return the torpedoes across the Pacific to the base at Mare Island near Vallejo, California. So yeah, they, I mean, low fear as far as like yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. except for maybe one of the torpedoes accidentally blowing up, you're pretty, you're you're pretty smooth. I mean, that's pretty good though. Or um, if you accidentally are on the sub when you light the fuse, you know, Road's End would be a great Seagal movie. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um, after serving in the U.S. Navy for two years, Monroe saved three thousand dollars and he bought his own bakery in Anthony, Kansas. Here did you know go. that was a city? Of course, I it's did. a shithole. How fucking it is a shithole. My great, it is a shithole. Great grandfather. Anthony, Kansas is considered the urethra of the nation. What is wrong with it? Is you? where it is. At, it's the anus. It's not. They call yeah. You know what they call it? The, awesome the town. Pra state. Awesome, awesome Anthony. It's called the Pra state. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Because it's basically the bung. Anthony, and I'm not even saying this because it's your last name, but Anthony, Kansas is known for being a lump of dog shit. That's where we're holding the Dollop Podcast Festival. We are certainly not doing that in Anthony, Kansas. Um, So anyway, they're in that, uh, they're in that godforsaken hellhole. Shut up! Can I finish reading the story? This is all written down. They're so they're in what's widely considered to be the worst place in the country, maybe the world. <laughs> and uh, and Roscoe starts attending. Oh, yes, but his, his bakery dream doesn't work out. What? Yeah. So that's – and what that'll is... be the end of the – that's the end of the bread stuff for the episode. There's no more yeast stuff, so. We're, it's it's something that will come back. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm telling a, you that it won't. The, I later know the story. on, there's going to be a muffin portion. No, there won't be. No. Baguettes. Nope. This is this is it. It's croissants. Nope. There'll be a little croissant part. Nope. Nope. Where he's just crying and no. Num- it's over. There's no more just bread stuff. Numbing himself in a pile of croissants. Bread on arrival. Uh, so Roscoe starts attending. He did the next logical thing. Obviously, he starts attending local carnivals where he discovered that he could get paid big bucks by surviving five minutes against a local carnival brute. I did that. So uh, he he could get money by doing five minutes with a carnival brute, and the witch, the one he started with was uh, someone in Wichita named Big Belly Billy Ellie. Or Big Belly Bill Ellie. I don't want to call him Billy. I, that'd be so offensive. he was a one-trick pony. Big, big Belly Bill Ellie? Yeah, big, originally called... I don't know. Originally called Big Bucks. I believe he was the guy covered in marshmallow, if memory serves. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I did try to find more stuff on Big Belly Bill Ellie, um, but there's nothing. Looks like there's um, an airport right next to Anthony, Kansas. All right. Put your phone down there's a, as far as looking at Anthony, Kansas. There's an airport. There's also a really nice courthouse. Well, they're going to need it with all that... How fucking All those you. criminals. Was assholes. There's not a jail big enough for the people of Anthony, Kansas. And I mean this. If you live in Anthony, Kansas, I apologize. You need to get out of there. It is truly... 20, they call it the prostate. 2,100 heroes. That's who lives there. Roscoe did well enough at the carnival, uh, so he was offered a job How wrestling. How is that hard? He, it's who, hard. Who? You're fighting Big Belly Bill Ellie. At what point have we done a story where someone's like, and then he joined the carnival and it washed out? He has Nobody. to go. He has to go wrestle the dude who's or like the main guy, the biggest guy. It's like un, you know what I mean. It's like unseating a Jeopardy champion, but with your muscles. That's a great. 
It's not a good. That wasn't a good parallel. One. It was like now you're in a Ken Roscoe. Jennings. Roscoe did well enough that he was offered a job wrestling for the carnival, which was truly a feat because those shows. Okay, they the obviously the carnival they have to pay money if the if the wrestler from the carnival loses. So a lot of times they would have a curtain on one side of the ring, just like you know whatever backstage, I guess. Yeah. And the, if the carnival wrestle if the carnival wrestler was losing, they would the carnival wrestler would kind of get the crowd member who's beating them up against that curtain, and someone behind the curtain would hit that guy with like metal or like a wrench or something like that, knock him out. And and then the dude would drop it. People would be like, whoa, but sometimes the timing would be off. Like the guy would just kind of get hit, fall, and then the wrestler would be like, oh, I punched him. And people would be like, that seemed strange. That timing seemed off. Okay, so all I'm hearing is that I have a job at the... Yes, I you're a perfect my, job. But a job. but they're just like, no, I'm going to wrestle him. And you're just like, get him to the curtain. Get him to the curtain. Come on. I'm beating him. Get him over to the come curtain. Come on. You just come out. Always. What are you doing? Always with my pipe. Ah! Um, quote, it was nearly half a century ago when $5 and plenty of machismo could get you five minutes in the ring with the strong man and a chance at 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. I had shovel fights, rope fights, pickaxe handle fights. I wrestled, I boxed, sometimes with one hand tied down, whatever their specialty was. So, you know. You know. A different time. Different time. For the sport. Different strokes for different folks. Um, and then I am realizing it's pickaxe handle fights. Which is it? It's sort That's of why do you need the best way to fight with a pickaxe? Why do you need the pickaxe? Uh, Can you just have a handle war? Yeah, it could just be a handle fight. But the pickaxe is uh, is uh, I think something that has a pretty sweet handle as opposed to uh, it's a little bit of a different handle than say a shovel. A I wouldn't rounded. like knowing that if I'm beating someone with the pickaxe handle fight, they can just go pickaxe end. Um, when I'm when I, any pickaxe handle fight that I've been in that got goes sure. past ten rounds is sure. then you put the top on, right? Sure. Yeah, I bet you've done a lot of those in Anthony, Kansas. That well, how do you think pit, I got out of the caves? That pit. Um, at that point, Roscoe literally ran away with the circus. So he goes on the road with the carnival. Yeah. For five years, Roscoe traveled from town to town, and he got really good really quickly at wrestling, mm -hmm. but. Even bigger than his wrestling talent was his ability to piss people off by taking on all comers, hooking them into submission holds, and then berating their families as he threatened to break their legs or arms. I don't understand what the uh, value of that is. What? Like, why is he do? Why does he want to make them so angry that they're losing their shit? Is it well just because that's stylistically? Fun? No, it's more the passion. It's like the more you know, you what? I mean, it's almost like um, you know. People getting furious is good business. We see that even now, you know, where yeah, it's like, yeah. so, so it's like he's, they're creating the fury. People are furious. They're going to come back because they want to see him lose because they hate him. Okay. So, so he's doing a good job of that. Um, Roscoe took what he learned about riling up the Mazarks in the carnival circuit with him into a career as a professional wrestler when he debuted as Pretty Boy Rogue. Here we go. In 1951, and he was absolutely vicious. How pretty was he? V beautiful. Carnival wrestling was brutal. It was violent. You'd use anything you could. You could. You'd use your elbow, your shin, your shoulder. But he did need a signature move. Okay, right? so I take, uh, I take a glove. Mm -hmm. I stick it in in uh, glue, mm -hmm. and then I put it in crushed glass. That's the that's the kickboxer. Now I is that really a guy? That's in kickboxer. Isn't that in kickboxer? 
The movie Kickboxer? Yeah. Kick, I don't remember. In Kickboxer, at some point, they have to dip their hands in glue and glass. Is that true? And they fight. Well, I guess I remembered that somehow. It's deep in my mind. And um, and it's interesting because those punches, are, they hurt more. When you get hit with glass? Yeah. Not in, glass. My, not in my uh, experience. Yeah. So, um, no, that is uh, Jean, a great Jean-Claude Van Damme Wait, film. Wait, Jean-Claude Van Damme did Kickboxer and Bloodsport? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Huh. I mean, he's versatile. There's yeah. no arguing yeah, yeah, that yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of versatility yeah, yeah, in that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But that was not his, that was not uh, Roscoe's signature move. Uh, Roscoe's signature move was he would rip off the wrestler's mask who he was wrestling, mm-hmm. and then he would chew a hole into their forehead until it bled. Mm-hmm. Yep. So sort of a zombie-ish, well, like pretty a boy rogue is eating brains. asshole. There's not anything really pretty, pretty guy about chewing another guy's head well, off. Well, if you relate to that guy because he's attractive, and then you go, "Oh, he does the sort of stuff I do. He it eats, he though, eats brains not, through the skull too." I don't think other people. He do that. drinks brains out of guys' foreheads just like I do. And then if your if your job is to wrestle him every night, yeah, well, yeah, your whole you're not, head is just yeah. a wound. But then it's a bit scabby. But well, that's you, probably easier. You come out for the fight, and everyone's like, "Oh God, this guy's head is a scab." Well, you have the mask on, but when they do take it off, then you're like, "Oh God!" Whoa, and then he just he, he just has on. to he has to just pick the axe with his teeth. Uh, so I just call it a pickaxe. I don't care for any of this. I want to go home. It's not good. You are home. Um, okay, so as far as what happens in the match and the roles of who wins and who loses at the time, this is known as kayfabe. This is um, basically, it, it was how the wrestlers would design the moves they were about to do, uh, and they would chat in the ring to each other. Robert Evans does a good job of explaining this on his Vince McMahon Behind the Bastards, but basically he calls it a mix of, quote, lies and theater. So they kind of speak a secret language in the ring, and there really is a language. It's called carny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fully its own language. Mazarks, for instance, is carny for marks. Mm-hmm. So... I that, use that. Well, it actually, as I'm seeing it, it's very similar to the Snoop Dogg language. Snoop is... Mizarks. Snoop was a 50s wrestler. Snoop doing... I think Snoop maybe just took the Carney language. Yeah. I don't know if it was all like that, but Mizarks is Marks. And, I mean, I, I'm again, I'm not fluent in Snoop, but I do believe it was something like You're that. You're not fluent in Snoop? No, no. It was like, you know, I Scissor. Took a, I took one course in college, but I never finished. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, okay, so, um, so yeah, Mazarks is Carney for Marks. Uh, the face was known as the hero, mm-hmm. so that's like who everybody loves. I love eighteen. And then you have the, hmm? and then you have the heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heel would make everyone furious. That was to what we were saying before. Like that was kind of the job. Brash, big. The heel was loved by some, hated by others. But the job was to drive the fans crazy. And Roscoe was a heel. But Roscoe, as you will see a little bit, doesn't necessarily pay like. The bookers were kind of in charge of who would win and who would lose. Uh But Roscoe didn't necessarily follow along with that. Um, But if they were, they would communicate in the ring as, you know, as far as what they were going to do. So it's kind of this, like... Like like Robert Evans said, it's just like it's partial theater, and then it's partial just like let's wrestle. Sure. Um, so he uh, Roscoe described his wrestling style as quote scientifically rough. That's m- like my just like you podcast style. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's scientifically difficult. Wow. Yeah, that seems. I've been talking to another comedian online about you, and uh, <laughs> we have some issues. Um. <laughs> What what did you think when you saw all the 
I couldn't. I thought he was a psychopath. Like I saw all of these, all of these tweets about me, and I'm like, my god, this man has lost his fucking mind. <laughs> it truly is rent free. It's very. It's the yeah, rent free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is hard in America. So Roscoe describes, uh, okay, so when asked to elaborate on his wrestling style, he explained, quote, win if you can, lose if you must, always cheat, and if they take you out, leave tearing down the ring. There you go. So pretty good. That's, again, this is all my podcast philosophy. It it actually is not super different from how you would handle most things, I'd say. Um, Now, the ring that they would fight in was not cushioned like they are today. Uh, Monroe said the ring we quote the ring we would wrestle in you could run a herd of elephants over. Why would you do that? Well, you wouldn't, but he's basically saying you could. I just don't think you should. And he's in the circus. Okay, you, well, could, you could maybe. Do it. Yeah, you might be able you to know, do it. You know, this is back when we would cage animals and abuse them for I the can't imagine. entertainment of society uh, instead of instead of making lipstick. Yeah, thank mm. you. Mm. Mm. Uh, he said there were thirty five wrestling holds, and you quote needed to know all of them, and. He did have some tough injuries. So, so the point of that is that he, he was a very capable wrestler. Okay. Um, he did have some tough injuries. Over the years, according to various sources, Roscoe had his throat cut, mm-hmm. his yep. shoulder stabbed. We're talking about wrestling, right? Correct. Okay. He had his throat cut. Uh-huh. He had his shoulder stabbed. Yep. He was shot once in the ass. Okay, wait, 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 and, wait. Go ahead. You, uh, we're, okay, we seem to not be talking about wrestling. No, 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 we're talking about wrestling. Because you said he was shot in the ass. Yes, yes, yes. So over the years, Roscoe had his throat cut, uh-huh. his shoulder stabbed. Yeah. He was shot once in the ass. No, so right now... There's we, more. Okay. I, I feel like I, I should keep going. Uh, he was shot once on the leg with a pellet pistol. What the fuck? And he had a baby thrown at him in Odessa. Now that I get. Yeah, so who hasn't had that? Yeah, that's just that's, wrestling. That's, that's podcasting, that. too. Thank you. Um, How did he get shot in the ass? I think a gun. <laughs> I think from a gun. And I so the other wrestler is re- just really bad at wrestling? No, I don't even think it's necessarily another wrestler oh, shooting him. Oh, just someone mad at him. In the- that, like, when you're walking to the ring, oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people who are furious. Yeah, I would shoot guys in the ass so, so, at yeah. that point. <laughs> so, yeah, imagine the guy who shot him. Yeah. Imagine if you were standing next to the guy who shot him. Well, this is what I say. I shoot him and I go, ha! <laughs> But then you'd be like, dude, come on, look, it's relaxed. No, this is what we're doing. No, now we can't watch the match. It's part of the whole (laughs) thing. Oh, it's over. Look, he's down. Ah, I stabbed him in the shoulder. He's down. He's Ah, dead. Yes, we win. (laughs) What the hell? Put a baguette in him. No, god damn it. Put him in a body baguette. The dollop will be right back. <laughs> um, he once had an opponent locked in a hold and shouted at the crowd, threatening to break the guy's arm. So yeah, it's yeah. one of those, you know. And he's milking it. So the crowd's getting furious. And then a local sheriff approached the ring with a gun and threatened <laughs> to shoot Roscoe if he did snap the appendage. America. Roscoe said he'd release only when the other wrestler either gave up or starved to death. And the sheriff then pointed his gun and began to count to three. It was a tense count, so Monroe let him go. Um... But that's also amazing that a sheriff, yeah, I mean, like, look, is, is so fired up. It's a great example of sheriffs are elected; they're not uh, appointed, and um, the town can be made of idiots. So you uh, get a really just, when you sheriff. see the sheriff, you're like, sheriff, what the hell? He's like, you let him go. I don't like it. America, it just for people listening, America has always been very stupid. Yeah, our uh, it's very our rela- I mean, okay, there's more to come, but the, but our relationship with with I mean, law, seeing law enforcement taking a pistol to a wrestling I match, I really can't. It's just insane. That's pretty good. Um, once while working in the ring somewhere down south, Roscoe got hit in the head so hard with a wooden chair that splinters had to be removed from his scalp. Sure, his head was okay, but after it healed, 
a patch of silvery white hair grew around the wound, giving him the look of a skunk. And for most of us, you know, we'd be like, oh, God. But for Roscoe, he was like, this is a great yeah, look. Yeah, no, there's some um, the skunker. Yeah, so it's I, he doesn't go with a um, skunk. skunk. He lifts his ass and just lifts <laughs> <laughs> He's got a he's got a plastic sack back there that he squeezes. <laughs> oh, the skunker's horrible. The sheriff ought to shoot him. <laughs> Jesus, skunker! Ah. Oh, I saw bee hole. Ah. Uh, by the mid '50s, Roscoe became such a draw as a heel. He was able to move to bigger shows and bigger markets. He began toying with more heel names to piss people off. He started calling himself the Sweet Man yep. and the Diamond Ring mm-hmm. and Cadillac Man. Mm-hmm. He began sporting purple suits, sparkling capes, expensive Hamburg hats, the kind Churchill wore, and a diamond-tipped cane. Yeah. And we always know. No. That's no. 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 We always oh. know that a cane in the dollop is. As a sign always, of greatness. It, yep. Uh, it is a sign of greatness. Yep, you have a cane, you're on top. Um, and remember now he has this like skunk streak in his hair. So that skunk streak, that's there. That's the, the that's skunk permanent. Streak is the, it's it's never going away. It's, that's there for He got hit in the head. Yes. And now he grew out gray. And there is there is uh there is some talk about maybe he made it up. Or maybe he kept it going forever, but... Oh, are we saying he maybe died it? Maybe died it. Ah. Yeah. But he, whatever, he still had it forever. What a stinker. <laughs> Put your hand down. You Put know, your hand I down. I myself. Um, and, uh, and in some territories, he'd occasionally use the name Elvis Rock Monroe. I use that. Quote, Rock Monroe sounded like rock and roll, and I would carry a guitar into the ring. I think I could play one chord, and then I'd get the hell beat out of me with my own guitar. That sounds like a really bad... So that's pretty good. Character. Got to have a guitar budget. First of all, it doesn't sound like rock and roll. Uh, I don't know. It's Hendrixy. And, and then you need a new guitar every time. That is a problem. Yeah. The guitar budget swells. Yeah. Without question. Um, that's why eventually he moved to ukuleles. Sure. Uh, cheaper, not as effective. And then the triangle. And then the, the triangle, which mm-hmm. again, yeah, not as great. Then he did the maraca for a little while. The flute. Uh, the flute, mm-hmm. the recorder. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting smaller and smaller. Worse on and worse. The, but then landed on the tuba. Yes, the tuba was, and and actually that's where he passes away. Mm-hmm. He was tuba beaten. Mm. Um, so he would taunt the crowd with lines like, "It's hard to be humble when you're 235 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal with the body that women love and men fear." And it worked. People hated him. Hated him. Um, and I also think that's a pretty good description of you. Wait, what just 235 happened? pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal with a body women love and men fear. You weigh There's less than that, There's some truth in there. Yeah, yeah, I do. There's some truth in there. Thank you. Um, the, women, right. the women love part. Uh, all right, Dave. So at this time, the USA and the USSR... Never heard of it. ...were in a heated space race. Mm. Each side fighting Shooting for the... Shooting monkeys into space <laughs> to die. Are we? Oh, those stories. I... I at one point was like toying with doing some story about that stuff, and it's yeah. just pretty awful. It's pretty grim when you, when you realize we're shooting dogs up into the, yeah, the and space. You're just, like, and just like, well, that's the end of that dog. Well, all right, we've learned a lot. <laughs> um, so each side fighting for the upper hand in the space race, wanting to be the first in every development. And October fourth, dark day, nineteen fifty-seven, the USSR launched the R seven intercontinental ballistic missile known as Sputnik. Sputnik translated to Traveler and was the world's first satellite that remained in the Earth's orbit. Mm -hmm. It began broadcasting radio pulses that were detected the world over. 
and the launch of this beach ball-sized metal sphere created what's known today as America's Sputnik crisis. Mm. The New York Times would mention Sputnik in 279 articles in the first month alone, more than 11 articles per day, and President Eisenhower saw his approval ratings plummet. Yeah, we're dumb. Like, we're also, it's so similar to now. It's just so The New York Times, like, it, it is. It's like when you, I can't think of like, I mean, there's so many, but it's like, Oh my God! Stop writing articles about this. Like the way that the Titanic sub thing. Oh. The fact that they knew that that thing imploded. I mean, it was just so like, fucking so early. Well, also the and Chinese, then the news the, was the, like, we have like an oxygen counter. What about the spy balloon that turned out to spy have balloon, been blown off course and there was nothing recording just, in it? Just like, and and again, this is not even to say like uh, I even this even makes a little bit more sense because it was like an actual I guess thing. you know yeah there was a but thing. It's just so but like two hundred and seventy nine articles in a month. Yeah, yeah, well, also, like, hey, it's okay to come in second. Relax. Yeah, just get it up there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, uh, meanwhile, in the midst of all this, Roscoe is driving from a show in Tacoma, Washington, to the studios of WKRG in Mobile, Alabama, where he's supposed to cut a TV promo for Buddy Fuller's Gulf Coast Championship Wrestling. Sure. <laughs> Quote, I pooped out in Greenwood, Mississippi. I couldn't drive anymore, and I pulled into the station. There was a little black guy standing there with a suitcase. So I asked him if he could drive, and he said, yeah. And I said, okay, drive me to Channel 2 to the TV station. What the and hell? And after it's over and I'm woke up, we'll go rock and roll with the ladies on the street. Uh-oh. So. Oh, boy. So they drive. They yeah. arrive at the TV studio in deeply segregated Alabama. Yep. And Roscoe has an idea. Uh, yep. The already hated heel decided to get a little more heat with the local rednecks by bringing his new friend into the TV studio with him. And as the crowd yelled racial epithets at Roscoe and his friend, he sent them into a frenzy by grabbing the hitchhiker and kissing the man on the cheek. (laughs) They booed. He brought him back on the stage, and he did it again. Quote, and then there was this old lady, and she cussed better than drunk sailors, and she's calling me an N-word lover. And finally, the security told her they were taping this for TV. And if you don't stop cursing, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And she said, what he really is is a damn Sputnik. (laughs) Now this racist lady had no idea But she'd just given Roscoe his new ring name Roscoe liked the sound of it so much He had the ring announcer reintroduce him as Sputnik Monroe Oh my god And Sputnik continued to wrestle for Gulf Coast Wrestling Championships throughout 1958 What the hell So that's his name from now on Sputnik He goes, he's known in wrestling as Sputnik Monroe Okay Um, So this woman, (laughs) he heard it and he just loved it It's great Um uh, then in early 1959, Sputnik Monroe came to Memphis. Sputnik moved into a double-wide trailer in the predominantly bra- black east side of Memphis at 1415 Sparta Drive, in case you need that address. I do need that address. So now you have that? Now I'm going to go there. And that's good for there you. There will be vengeance. Thank you. Um, Sputnik's daughter, Nat- Natalie Bell, quote, My daddy would tell you he did what came naturally to him. He got to a new city and he began figuring out how to make money. He settled on a plan that made sense to him that wasn't too far removed from what he was doing in carnivals. He talked them right into the arena. So Sputnik set about promoting his matches at the Ellis Auditorium by displaying his physical prowess around the neighborhood, running around the trailer park, jumping rope while playing loud music out of his car. And this drew a crowd of curious onlookers who would then show up to Sputnik's matches just to see what the weirdo with the crazy hair was going to do. It's all just so weird. It's very strange. It's all... But it's, it's good advertising. Like, he's very good at 
um, getting Promotion. people to events. He's a good promoter. Yes, he's a great promoter. It he yeah. know he knows that it's easy to make Americans furious. Yeah, with just simple shit. I I do think though also like after like going through this like you do start to is that a is that like a. Is that an actual slipper, or is that some sort of, like, medical slipper? That's a medical slipper. Is it really? Yeah, I have a sprained uh, toe thing. Whoa. Surf You've injury. got one medical slipper. I was walking down the rocks to the beach, carrying my surfboard above my head, and slipped. Uh, you hurt your and toe. slammed into a rock. And, uh, and then hearing these stories about a guy getting attacked with a pickaxe and shot, and then you have a toe slipper, mm-hmm. do you feel... How do I you feel? I call it a slipper. You call it what? A slipper. A slipper. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And does that? How do you? How does you feel? Fine. I feel like one, I'm one of them. You feel like you're one of those big wrestling. What I did with my uh, he my got shot in the, the ass is almost no different than what they were doing. He back got then. shot in the ass, and you have a medical toe slipper. I have a medical toe slipper because yeah. I'm. They a lot of people are intimidated by a sure. by a toe slipper. Yeah. Yeah. You're Cinderella. Sure. Yeah, that's cute. That's slipper, awesome. Slipper fellow. Yeah, you slipped and yeah, there you go. Slipped. Wow. Well, just so I'm impressed that I identified what that was. The beach is a nightmare, and a lot of people. Do you die have there. a second one? Uh, well, a second a toe slipper. Oh, uh, no, I just have no. one toe slipper. Now, do you? That's okay. I went it's... to the doctor and sat there for three hours and got X-rays and it's the whole thing. It's awesome. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. I'm not going to stop thinking about that. Um, okay, so uh, okay, uh, so now in 1959 in Memphis, pro wrestling was not too popular. Popularity with wrestling would go through ebbs and flows, and it was on the downswing. Wrestling shows in those days were held on Monday nights at a 10,000-seat venue on Poplar Ave called Robert R. Ellis Auditorium. Great auditorium. I don't have the exact address, but do Why? you need that? Yeah. yeah. How else am I going to know to get vengeance? I will get it to you, and I'm I not sure what that means. Go. I'm not sure what that After means. After you do a reverse dollop, mm-hmm. I go and get vengeance. Okay. It's pretty normal. It's stuff. troubling. It's troubling. Um, but I can get that too. So the auditorium was segregated, and it had a separate entrance for black patrons and a segregated balcony referred to as the Crow's Nest. Uh, in 1945, <laughs> don't care for it. Nope, uh, nope, and it, it won't. You won't care for it more. I've found. I mean, because I'm thinking about the fact that it, you know, crow's nest. Okay, that is what it was called on a ship, but it, in a theater, it's because crows are black. It's also Jim Crow. It's. Uh, I think yes, it's a it's two all for all of the above. So, uh, okay, so uh, just so you know. In a 1945 performance of Annie, Get Your Gun at Ellis Auditorium, it did not go on because the the cast included black members and not much had changed by 1959. So, So just because there were black members in the cast, they didn't hold the show? Yeah, because it's like you would know. Well, that's why they had minstrel shows, so that they could have. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I think it just (sighs) continues to show that we've always had a really normal, you know, at least we fixed it. It's fixed, and it and it and it and honestly, looking back, kind of cute. Yeah, kind of cute. cute watching us get our sea legs a very little bit. Cute. Um, okay, so uh, spurred on by his early success in promoting himself in the black community, Sputnik figured he'd lean in a bit further. So he started to promote his appearances by going down to the black-only area of town. Now. I'm not sure if everyone knows this, right? But if okay, so segregation worked both ways. 
Jim Crow laws sought not only to keep black folks out of white establishments, but also to keep white folks out of black establishments. So obviously the idea, which again, I'm just like, the the idea at one point that this just shows you how dumb this country is and how don't settle for the stupid solution offered up by government because the idea that the the concept we'd landed on was black people and white people will just live in two separate yeah. americas forever yeah was like that's pretty good <laughs> that's the, i think that's pretty close yeah i mean what is the other option mm-hmm. be near each other yeah i don't think that'll work mingling i don't think that'll work well it's People, uh, people from different races don't mingle. No, ever. no, and, and and I mean, okay, so, uh, so so he goes down there and he starts uh, promoting him. But uh, yeah, like I said, so he's he's in the black part of town. He's going into establishments. Um, but again, I mean, I guess part of this thinking is that you keep them separate. They don't realize they have a lot in common, uh, and the one percent continues to seem like they make a lot of sense. Um, so Beale Street is the biggest tourist hotspot in Memphis. You didn't even have to tell me that. Really? What's it named after? Larry. Larry Beal? Mm-hmm. Who's Larry Beal? He's the great magician. Larry Beal. And soldier. Okay. If I were to look that up, something would come up? Yeah, it would totally pop up right away. And the name again, Larry Beal? Larry Beal. Magician and soldier. <laughs> soldier magician. Okay. He made a lot of... The enemy just you made a what disappear. Interesting. That's how the battles were won. Okay, back then you are not sober, right? I'm very intoxicated. Okay, yeah, that's and what I thought. On ketamine and mushrooms. Okay, um, so in 1959, uh, Beale Street is a no go for white people. If Memphis police saw whites around Beale Street, they would be arrested on charges of vagrancy and mopery. Um, which is basically loitering. It's not, ju- it's not just to keep the. It's also to keep like 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 a white woman from meeting a black dude. Like that's yeah. A big it's part just. Of, like, I, I mean, it's just it, the whole idea is just you to trust us. <laughs> you got to trust us. It is not good. You do not want to be talking to each other. That is not. I trust me. I talked to a black guy. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's, it's not very good. different. Not good. Trust me. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Um, and since, okay, so Sputnik's down there, you know, Mopereying, uh, he was risking it. So on January 13th, 1960, Sputnik was arrested on disorderly conduct charge from what an officer said was the crime of, quote, drinking with Negroes at Red Johnny's Cafe on Beale Street. How dare you? And the owner was also warned not to serve whites or he would face a suspension. Just, yep. Always been doing the right it's work good. with the law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sputnik immediately hired lawyer Russell B. Sugarman Jr. Mm-hmm. to represent him, and in doing so, became the first white man in the history of Memphis to be represented by a black attorney uh, from the Memphis Daily News. Quote, Monroe did not speak on his behalf, but Sugarman argued at length that Monroe had a right to be where he was, that he is a professional wrestler and he has a lot of Negro fans, and he was simply creating goodwill by visiting Negro cafes and having a glass of beer where he could be seen and talk with the people. And the courtroom was packed. Um, and Sputnik did not get it. Quote, I'm a veteran of a war, and I'm the toughest son of a bitch you'll ever meet in your life, and I can't go where I want to go. Um, and the lawyer, Sugarman, would go on to serve in the Tennessee House of Representatives as a Democrat from the 11th District from 1967 to 1969. Mm. So, okay, so Sputnik is fined $26, and they put his picture in the paper alongside the story. And the next week saw a spike in attendance at Ellis yeah, Auditorium. of course. So Sputnik went back to a black barber shop on Beale Street to get waves put in his hair. Mm-hmm. He's arrested again. He gets in the newspaper again, and there's another spike in black attendance at the yeah, Ellis show. this is how you do it. So he did the math. The more he goes to the black part of town, gets arrested, the more he messed with the dumb law, and the attendance went up. So this is where I wanted to talk to you, Gareth Reynolds, about getting uh, some more people into our shows. Right. By you, yeah, need to start getting arrested for whatever. I don't. I, I think you're missing the specific. See what he did here was so specific, and that's what's that's what's not in your plan. Murder. That is not a good long term strategy. Drive your car into like a building. But what does that do? It who gets... who are the people? Who are the people that that? What asses are getting put in seats well, with people that? People love that. Who? You're wearing a crazy wig when you do it. I, I, I l- l- let me walk you through what his plan was. Okay, his plan was if he goes to the black part of town, mm-hmm. he is he he's doing what he wants to do, which he likes. Mm-hmm. But it's also like he's he's helping become uh, an ally to to the black people in Memphis, and mm-hmm. they like him. You it's, get a Buick, you put on a rainbow wig, you drive the Buick into a Starbucks 
and you say it's you, closer. Union, union, union. It's closer. It's still not going to happen. It's going to help with the shows. I don't think it will. And then John three sixteen. I'm sorry. So your plan is to turn me into Rainbow Man? Kind of. Yeah, I'm not falling for that again. Uh, once a lifetime for me, pal. Um, okay, so, quote, they charged me with mopery and attempted gawking. That's an old song. <laughs> attempted gawking. This is great. Attempted gawking. <laughs> this dumb shit. Uh, that's an old Southern vagrancy thing they made up. I was on Beale Street every night for the first six month. I got wow. ar- months. I got arrested three or four times until it didn't work anymore, and then the cops left me alone. Then they realized that it was just working. Yeah, against yeah, them. Yeah. So, so then they just le- like then he's just allowed to hang out there. So hilarious. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sputnik didn't take that they won't arrest me for an answer. And another yeah. famous incident: Sputnik brought a black friend with him to go hat shopping. Quote, my friend and I went to Dillard's, and he took his hat off, and I said, Sam, don't take that damn hat off. We may have a fight, but we ain't taking our hats off. Put your hat on, and we'll do our business, and then we'll leave. But we're going to be wearing those Humburgs. We integrated Dillard's because nobody wanted to fight me, end quote. Yeah, a hat, a hat store isn't where you go for a fight. I've tried. Well, and it's also, I, I mean, this is just kind of insinuated in here, but taking your hat off... Is I guess a sign of um, ready to go? No, I think it's I think it's a way of being like disrespectful. Respectful. Oh, respectful. Yes. So I think by uh, keeping his hat on, being disrespectful, taking his hat off is like his way of being like sorry or like yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. like m- more meek. And Sputnik's like, put your hat on again. Just more hat laws. Yeah, that, yeah uh, sure. It's uh, there's a whole hat etiquette that we don't get. Yeah, it just continues to yeah. be baffling. Um, but anyway, big move, right? Yeah. So meanwhile, over at Ellis Auditorium, all the press Sputnik had stirred up was having a huge effect on the box office. What once had been a show that welcomed only a few hundred people every week the previous year, now Monday nights at the Ellis Auditorium were selling out every week. Mom. S- Sput- huh? Did you say crazy. mom? Yeah, mom. Go ahead. What, what, I'm just, what happened? <laughs> I, Don't... Said, I said wow, but oh. also mom. A, I, see, I hear things upside down a lot. <laughs> Mommy! I hear thing. I hear wow upside down a lot, and it comes out as mom. Um, Sputnik's fan base now included not only the black community of Memphis, but also the rebellious white teenagers oh, who were also bucking the societal norms of the yeah. time by embracing black music and culture. And liking Sputnik Monroe was now hip. It was like TikTok. You know, the kids liked it, like TikTok or that yeah. ice bucket challenge. Um, I love an ice bucket challenge. So do the kids. That's all they're doing now on TikTok. You yeah. know the app. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, all, yeah. I'm all up in the yeah, air. Yeah. Yeah, you send me talks. I, I, talk, you send I, talk, me talks. I talk all the time. Yeah, we're always I talking. Tick, ticking and talking. Yeah, we're talking. I like, I like cats when you can hear a person say what they're thinking. Uh, well, buddy, <laughs> I, got a, I got an app for you. Hello. Uh, when they're talking. Oh. Uh, Sputnik quote, there was a group of wealthy white kids that dug me because I was a rebel. I'm saying what they wanted to say, only they were just too young or inexperienced or afraid to say it. You have black maids raising your kids, and she's talking about me all the time. So I may not be in the front of your living room, but I'm going to be in the back door of your goddamn house feeding your kids on Monday morning and sending them to school and meeting the bus when they come home. Pretty powerful thing. Now, that's hyperbolic, obviously. Uh, That's not actually happening. Well, we don't know that. No, we do. Um, Um, So, yeah, so, you know. Words getting out. Everyone thinks he's cool. He's no. He knows what he's doing. He mm-hmm. knows that the kids are into it and that he's getting in their heads. At, and... at the time, they said it was very similar to TikTok. So, That's what I was going to say. So, uh, so Sputnik was a rebel, and rebels were cool. 
like TikTok. And in high school, uh, in high school yearbooks all across Memphis in 1959 and 1960, many white high school seniors can be seen pictured with Sputnik's hair. They dyed the white streak up the front. Amazing. So they had the white hair on their head with the non-white hair, which is actually hair integration, which is also hey. which was not illegal at the time. Hair integration. And, uh, yep. Um, so white kids and black kids love Sputnik. Oh, white kids and black people love Sputnik. But only the whites could watch Sputnik ringside. His black fans were still sure. relegated to the balcony with the upsetting name. So as you'd imagine, Sputnik was despised by the older whites of I Memphis. I can't believe that. It's shocking. I can't believe that. Old whites well, they're are not- an issue. <laughs> Have you ever found that with the country? They're always old whites and dorks like DeSantis. They're always a problem. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Old, old whites are definitely a thing. It's just old. Logan's run was onto something. Old whites, yeah, really would be. Let's not do it. Old whites. If we could just see a year without the old whites. Hey, old whites, stop. It'd be great. Just don't. A year without old whites. I would. Oh man. Oh well. Whatever. Just I'll put talk. them all on some kind of farm. Yeah. Put them in a fucking. Put them in the balcony. Um, so he, he's despised by the old whites of Memphis. He would walk to the ring under a chorus of boos and shouts from rednecks and Sputnik would ignore them. He would never look at them on his way to the ring. And then once he'd get up to the ring, he'd let the noise die down. And then he'd turn, look up to the balcony and raise his arms to his black supporters and they'd go crazy <laughs> for it. Um, but there was a cap on how many black fans were allowed into the event, remember, right? So, so after a few weeks of doing this, Sputnik started paying off the door guy to underreport the number of people in the balcony. Oh yeah. And this made the box office oversell the black section of the auditorium. Roy Welch, one of the organizers was pissed. He wanted the numbers to be figured out before the event began. So Sputnik doubled down, staring down Welch, the police, and the owners of the auditorium. Sputnik said he would not wrestle should the fans be forced to leave the show. Quote, I said there are a couple of thousand people outside wanting to see me. So I told management I'd be cutting out if they don't let my black friends in. I had the power because I'm selling out the place. The first guy that ever did, and they damn sure wanted the revenue. So Yeah, money always wins. At the end of the day, he knows that money's going to win. Forcing the hand of capitalism. Yeah, and right? it, and it works because they will bend whichever way they can to make money. They it don't is give amazing. A shit. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, it is. It's just like watching someone actually change through. There's a reason. Like I every everything I look at now, I'm seeing pride flags and stuff. It's because that's where the fucking money is. The money isn't in being a bigot asshole. Yeah, like right. It's still like sure the Bud Light took it off, but there's still it's fucking everywhere and yeah. it's not going anywhere. No, I know. I that I mean, yeah. So, so to your to your uh, idea of me driving a Buick into a Starbucks, that's yeah, what that's what that's made what that idea do. so poignant and brilliant. We should probably do that. Um, oh my God! Yeah, you paint the you paint the car in pride colors. Well, I don't think I'm going to do it, but I I, don't I get know. it. It's better than your idea of just driving a car into I don't a building. Know if that's true. Yeah, it is true. Um, so okay, so right, so he's so so then uh, a guard says he doesn't like how many blacks Sputnik was letting in. So Sputnik insisted the promoter cut that guy out of the black money. Quote, give him the white money only, he said. (laughs) So, okay. Wait, so the guard is making money? Well, yeah, he's getting getting paid whatever, a percentage. 
something. Okay. And so he, and Sputnik's just basically like, oh, you don't like black people? Okay, Okay. Well, so then the, you don't get any money, money from the black people. Yeah. You'll just get the white person money for the fans that you yeah. like. Great. Yeah. So, um, so the Ellis Auditorium was integrated that night and every Monday night going forward. Wow. Memphis was still segregated, but Sputnik Monroe's wrestling matches were not. Once, when asked if he was a do-gooder because of his civil rights campaign, Sputnik said, quote, I'm not a do-gooder, I'm a doer. That's it. He's a do-gooder. I agree. He's doing good. But that's what do-gooders do. Do-gooders demure. Do- do-gooders don't do- go, I am doing great. Do-gooders go, come on, what do you want? I'm just, you, a, guy. I'm just, I'm just a guy doing yeah, a thing. But, but yeah, and then the non-do-gooders go, hey, look, my Instagram, I fixed the wall here. Yeah. You know? It's fun to also fun to piss off the racists. Yes, it's it is. really fun. I mean, it, it's where, dangerous, know, he, but it is it is fun. But look, this guy. I mean, you go back to the the thing you said when he said the carnivals, just making people mad. He 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 digs it. He, he likes it, making people mad. He's enjoying making the racist mad. Yes, it, and it is so like you know when you watch what happens, what is happening today. It's just. I don't, it's like, it's, I wonder what, how we would handle Jim Crow if it was happening now. It would be absolute, I mean, it was insane then, Mm -hmm. but now it's like, I mean, what, the level of violence and. It was more. And it it, was always violent, but it it just would be like. Yeah. You know, people. I mean, mean, we have it now. We just have, we just have a different form of it. Like. Yeah, right. It's a little more like. Cops shooting people. And yeah. I haven't read about that, but. It's a thing. Um, so, uh, people joked at the time that there were three pictures being hung in the homes of black people in Memphis, Jesus, Martin Luther King and Sputnik Monroe. Mm -hmm. I've heard that version of that Mm -hmm. in many ways, but you know, whatever. Some people are saying it. Uh, August 17th, 1959, Billy Wicks, Billy Wicks and Sputnik Monroe were set to face off in a, whoop, uh, that got big. That got really big. Oh, he, it's going in and out. This is great to watch. Um, okay, uh, Billy Wicks and Sputnik Monroe were set to face off in a blow-off match. And a blow-off match is the final match between two rivals. This mm-hmm. is it for all the marbles. They're never going to do it again after this. This is it. One man dies. No. One man dies. Let me handle what happens. One man. No man dies. Dies. No. But you did win a Cadillac. Winner got a Cadillac. Same thing. It is very close. Yeah. Um, the rivalry had been stirred by Memphis Channel 5. It started when Billy and Sputnik went on air to promote the fight, and Sputnik ended up slamming Billy on the concrete floor. Sure. It's fine. It was good TV, so they brought him back, and they kept doing it on Channel 5. Each appearance, they would get heated. It would help sales. But Channel 5 did vilify um, Sputnik. And, and it's just for show, right? They don't, they're not they're friends. <laughs> Are they? It's, I don't... I I don't know. I'm not sure if they're friends. It's certainly played up. Like it, basically, this Channel Five thing, you know, is is the start of what you would see in like professional wrestling. Sure. When it would be like, how dare you? Like the yeah. talking into the camera stuff. Yeah. Um, I I don't think they liked each other, but there is a moment coming up where maybe they did. But I think for the most part, no, I don't think they okay. liked each other. So because yeah. also, um. They were just very different. Like, Billy Billy Wicks was, like, he was, like, the great white hope. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the hometown hero. He was Elvis's favorite wrestler. He was a cop. And then Sputnik just kept beating him throughout the summer of 1959 in various nefarious ways. And people were pissed. Mm-hmm. So 
everyone there is just like wants to see Billy win. And this is the final match, right? Um, it was to take place at Russwood Park, which was a huge stadium. It's a great park. Uh, it's a great park. Do you need the address? No, I have it. You have it? Okay. That one I have. Um, it was used mainly for baseball, but also mm-hmm. special events like when Elvis performed there. Mm-hmm. The men drew 13,749 paying fans to see their blow-off match, but another 5,000 unpaid fans were said to have watched the battle after destroying the park's outfield fences, so roughly 18,000 people came to watch That's this. That's how you do it. Which, for boxing, seems like there was not... That's I'm, a lot. But the boxing matches, actually, big boxing matches... Or wrestling, sorry. Yeah, bi- I, uh, big boxing matches would draw a lot, but... Uh, it's hard to see. Yeah. Right? Have you ever been to a boxing match that's no. like a... Oh, no. It's You can see. It's just like you're far back there. Like, Well, who did you see? I've seen a few boxing matches at like MGM and stuff in Vegas. Who are you? In the nosebleeds. I used to watch... I used to be a big boxing guy. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's boring now. But uh, I, And I don't like cage fighting because it's dystopian. Right. And uh, Joe Rogan. But you like the slap fighting league. I love slap. You like to watch people slap each oh other my for money. Until you've seen a guy slap another guy's ear off, you haven't really lived. I agree. Um, okay, so boxing legend Rocky Marciano was brought in this, as a special guest referee to ensure that Monroe couldn't cheat his way to victory. Um, so it's him that's going to cheat his way to victory, not the other guy. Well, this this match was... <laughs> it, okay, Billy Wicks was supposed to win this match. Okay. Um, the promoter decided that okay. I, I think I think it was Sputnik was supposed to win, and then he switched it at the end. Okay, the promoter was like, "No, I want Billy Wicks to win." But in the end, Sputnik did escape with the title. Whoops! Um, for typically nefarious methods. After the two men's match got completely out of hand, Marciano was forced to rule it a no decision, wow. allowing Monroe to re- retain the championship. Ah. So Sputnik then confronted Marciano, and Marciano punched Sputnik, knocking him over. Um, so that's normal when the ref punches. Yeah. No, uh, it's fine. I'm totally down with just that. Just gen- genuinely punches. I'm sure Marciano, I don't really know much about him, but I'm sure he was probably a racist too. <laughs> let's just, let's just, safe. let's just pretend. <laughs> it's safe. Yeah. Let's just go I with feel that like one. it's in this time it is safe to just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that guy was racist. <laughs> um, so a while after the match, Sputnik found out that the actor Gene Barry, the star. So, okay. So like I'm, we're saying, right. He's. So good at getting in the paper. Yeah. He's so good at self-promotion. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it he's doing for, you know, I mean, like the stuff where he's going to Beale Street in Memphis and shit like that. Like, you know, he is doing it because he genuinely is like, this is insane. Yeah, he believes in it. Yes. This next move, I, I don't know if there's much to it other than trying to get in the paper. So a while after the match, Sputnik found out that actor Gene Barry, the star of the hit show Bat Masterson, which you love. Love Bat Masterson. Was coming to Dodge City, the Dodge City Fair, his hometown. Um, and and I, a Bat Masterson. Bat Masterson was, yeah, like, um, he played, like, a, a sheriff, so it's, like, you know, law Yeah, Bat Masterson was an old Western uh, sheriff yeah. guy. Um, as a publicity stunt, Sputnik decided he was going to go to the fair, get up on stage, and punch Gene Barry. Quote, yeah. Gene Barry was the star on Bat Masterson and dressed like I'm dressed with a Homburg and a vest. I figured if I jerked him off a horse... Okay. The wording's not great, I it's agree. It's really actually perfect. It's not great wording, but there is more to the quote. Mm-hmm. I figured if I jerked him off a horse... And hit him in the nose for dressing Dodge City style, I'd get a national reputation. Yep. So Sputnik had some beers, and uh, he went to the fair to pull it off. But it was so crowded that he couldn't get near the stage. And while trying to find a way 
to the stage, he makes a remark to a cowboy who's on a horse about one of two things, either about the guy's horse or about a woman. Uh, we don't know for sure. Same thing to a cowboy. But the, but the cowboy got mad yep. and punched him, yep. and Sputnik fell down. As he was trying to get up, he slipped in horse shit, Uh-oh. and when he was getting up, the cowboy hit him again and again, and he hit him nine times total. And that story made the paper. Um, That's not the... It, it's not the same. It's not the same thing It's not the same. But, so it's a pivot, right? So now the paper is talking about like how a cowboy beat up Sputnik. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't like that, but the also... The racists love that. Right, for sure. Um, so the promoters and Sputnik then asked that cowboy, they sure. found him, to come to the to Ellis Auditorium the next week to wrestle him. Yep. Sp- so Sputnik could show him who was boss, and the cowboy agrees to do it. But then something happens where the cowboy starts to get real paranoid, and he starts to think that it's a trap to kill him so mm-hmm. before the show he mm-hmm. pulls out and so they're like oh shit we don't have a cowboy so they scramble and they get that guy's friend to show up in a cowboy outfit yep. outfit and then so sputnik kicked that guy's ass yep. and then everyone was like sputnik's back that's so, uh, i'm not sure what just happened so it's a good pivot he um it's, it's weird it's weird but he's he, instead of punching gene barry out he he makes he, he makes something up. out of everything. He he gets beaten into a shit pile. Uh, yes, and then he did okay. slip in manure. So uh, yep, then no, it all makes sense. It's a clear through line of normalcy. It's not the same, and I think obviously when the real cowboy didn't show up, but it does show you uh, my theory that all cowboys do look alike. I agree. Nobody could tell. So. At all. Um, okay, so several months later, Billy Wicks and Sputnik Monroe would actually team up to wrestle the Corsica brothers in a series of matches. Um, just quick side note, because I did try to look up a lot about the Corsica brothers. There's not much. Um, I guess one of them has a lovely love story that's sure, pretty renowned sure. in the world of wrestling. You don't have to tell um, me that. But, excuse me? You don't have to tell me that. I okay, know. yeah. But uh, one of the guys was a boxer originally, and he stopped boxing when he hit a guy so hard that the guy's eye fell out of the socket. Oh, it was and like he was fighting a pug. And that is when, yep, and that's when he, he, he was a pugilist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and that's when he pulled the plug on boxing because the guy yeah, he said yeah. the guy's eye was literally yeah. sitting there dangling. Well, that's not your fault. That's the guy's eye's fault. I don't know. I would feel guilt. I would feel guilt and also like your body's not great. It's just to punch a man's eye out makes you be like, I don't think I should do this. If anything, <sighs> you should do it. That should make you be like, I'm a fucking amazing I'm really good at this. I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm knocking guys' eyes out. That's going right on the top of the resume. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know One-Eye Johnson? Yeah. How do you think he became One-Eye Johnson? I'm the eye guy. (laughs) The optometrist. (laughs) The poptometrist. Um, Okay, so so they're going to wrestle the Corsica brothers. So they're now on a team, Billy Wicks and Sputnik. Um, However, proving once again that Sputnik was not to be trusted, he turned on Wicks, and he started beating him down. During the match? During the match. and uh, I'm telling you, Wicks was a racist. And then uh, I think, I I mean, I definitely think that obviously there was not... uh, Yeah, they didn't like each other. I mean, you could not trust Sputnik. Um, So he started beating him down, and it set up another short series of matches um, against each other. But it would be their last major angle together. And uh, and shortly thereafter, Monroe lost his championship, and he left the territory. Uh, He goes off to Florida for a little while. That's where you go. And he he fights... I I left this out because I... 
I think wrestlers know this more than I do, but it was, he was fighting a guy named like Thunderbolt, someone uh-huh. um, who, uh, yeah, was uh, Had, through actual Thunderbolts. Through Thunderbolts, yeah, he was a bit of a Zeus. Um, okay, so then in the early seventies uh, in Memphis, he returns to Memphis and he continues to be an activist for equal rights mm-hmm. any way that he could. Mm-hmm. And while there, Sputnik would take on a tag team partner named Norval Austin. And after they would... Now, def- Norval didn't have a Norval name. No, it was Abnorval. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after they defeated an opponent, usually a white opponent, mm-hmm. Monroe would dump a can of black paint on the loser and scream, Black is beautiful! And then Norval Austin would then pour a can of white paint on them and scream, uh, on, on the person, and then scream, uh, White is beautiful! And then in tandem, Monroe and Austin would shout, Black and white together is beautiful! And, and remember, this these, is... these are the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> People were like, Oh my God, these sons of bitches. Um... So, yeah. So, okay. So That seems very cool. I know. I would just like, and there was like, yeah, they wrestled for a while. So, um, so in 1978, uh, Sputnik was driving his bright red caddy through Odessa and his car was hit by a Greyhound bus. Mm. The bus landed on top of the car and he was trapped in it for hours before they got him out. That's not supposed to happen. No, you don't want that. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you picked up on that because I was going to put a finer point on I've, that in a minute. I thought about it for yeah. a minute and then I thought, like, that doesn't sound it's not right. good. It's not good. Like, buses shouldn't be on you for hours. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Although um, there is an exercise program that recommends that. I would love to get eyes on that. Yeah, you should. That doesn't seem it's good. possible. Um, his back is hurt really badly and he retires from wrestling. 2,886 matches fought by Sputnik Monroe, 863 wins, 943 losses, 1,080 draws or no contest. Um, So that's it for wrestling. Uh, Things take a sad turn for Sputnik around here. Um, He, you know, it's kind of like the movie The Wrestler a little bit. He doesn't have wrestling money. He ends up working at a gas station. He does odd jobs around Texas. He was still a leg- uh, living legend in Memphis, and young fans who weren't even alive to see him wrestle would often run up to him because their parents or grandparents had told them all about his exploits. And when asked how it made the old-time heel feel to receive such adoration, Monroe simply would say, quote, It's hell to see the toughest son of a bitch in the world cry, but that's what happens. Uh, so Roscoe Sputnik Monroe Brumbaugh passed away on November 3rd, 2006, after a battle with lung cancer. He was 77 years old. His boots and robe are on display in the Memphis Rock and Soul Museum, which is a fine place. It's good. For sure. Uh, the plaque reads, quote, Sputnik Monroe played an important, important part in destroying the color line in Memphis entertainment venues. Hmm. Um, which I also think is like, I always think this whenever people in the government tweet out about Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. and stuff, the absurdity like, of the like people. Ted Cruz. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they represent the, they represent what was trying to stop him. I mean, we saw it last year, like the FBI was like, yeah. happy Martin Luther King yeah, Jr. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you fuck, you tried to get him to kill himself. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's like, it just shows you that the amount of fight you have to put into something 
when everyone is telling you that it is not right or it is wrong, they eventually, once that becomes popular and accepted, they then are like, you're so right. But it's like the whole time the establishment is fighting against it. Anyway, we're going to end on a quote from Bubba Monroe, uh, who is his son and also a wrestler. Uh, Quote, I went from Saturday morning TV in Memphis to the fairgrounds in Nashville one Saturday. Had a little pretty pick-me-up in a BMW. Took me to a real nice horse farm in, I guess it was Tennessee bluegrass country. She had a little sex with me and everything, and she took me back, and she said, quote, you make better love than your daddy did. I just about <laughs> fell out of the car. <laughs> so, well, that's uncomfortable. It's road life, yeah, yeah. It's bad. At least, it's, at least you did better. Well, we did that. At least you're better at porking. <laughs> uh, sources are the LA Weekly, uh, Memphis Commercial Appeal, uh, Memphis Heat, a documentary of the true story of Memphis wrestling, history. Uh, dot com, some YouTube stuff, Jeff Droke and Rivers Langley. Um, He's done some put stuff for us. Most of that together. Yeah. Uh, had told me about it a while ago. Was like it would make a perfect dollop. And um, yeah, pretty much I added a couple things, but that's pretty much his story. But it is like to what he was saying to me, you know, he's like, this is, he's, he's from that area, you know, and he's just like, it's such an important story as yeah. far as like, um, you know, someone really using capitalism to, fight to yeah to fight an evil yeah um and uh and yeah yeah and you should follow him at rivers langley he's on tons of shit he's a great guy um yeah who does a lot of stuff for us but uh but yeah so that's the story of sputnik monroe Mm -hmm. um and uh he's threatening rivers is threatening to go to the phoenix show gosh he's threatening huh yeah so we might have him on there oh yeah Yeah, great yeah yeah he's great he's so smart um I'm smart, but he's smart, too. Mm. We're both really smart. Mm. Uh, so there you go. That's a, Is that the first wrestling dollop? Yeah. Not a big wrestling guy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know people have often asked us to do Vince McMahon. But I'm not going to do Vince McMahon. Well, Robert Evans just did it, and it is... I haven't listened to all it's, of it. He's... he's there's like we've talked about this. Like, yeah. Sex crimes aren't funny. No, he's... I think that's the thing is it's like... There's a, uh, I mean, reading through some of the history of wrestling, it is crazy. Yeah. But Vince McMahon is a, uh, a horrendous figure. Yeah, he's yeah. a terrible human being. Um, he's the he's the uh, Doctor Phil of wrestling. Yeah, I think Robert makes this point on. I, I think he does. I might be. I might have been something I thought while listening to the podcast, or either he makes this point. But you get Trump because of Vince McMahon. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It, uh, we are just so dumb. Yeah, we're a pretty dumb country. We're so dumb. Yeah. We've been hacked. Oh, yeah. We're, it's, yeah. It's, it's amazing to watch all another it. election cycle. It's amazing to watch all of it. It's all, all of it now is just like, wow, this is I, just I, dumb. I, I, as I'm watching this election, I am just going, holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy to watch. It's really crazy to watch. Well, Buckle up. Buckle up. We'll be here for it. All right. Thank you, everybody. Tooties. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>